Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 118 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Isaiah chapter 7 today and our focus is on the military origins of Christmas Oh, and also the importance of standing firm in the faith. So thank you all for listening. Our goal is to encourage you in daily Bible listening and reading And we do that by taking five chapters a week in the New Testament, two chapters a week in the Old Testament, one chapter a day. And today is an Old Testament chapter. We're in Isaiah 7 today, Isaiah chapter 9 tomorrow. It is a very famous verse spoken in hushed tones around Christmas time in particular. The prophecy of Isaiah to King Ahaz of Judah about a virgin who would bear a child. It's Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will concede, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, most Christians, and honestly, a surprising amount of non-believers, are quite very aware of this passage, but only a very few are aware of the context of this passage, how sort of militaristic it is. So here's the situation. Ahaz is king of Judah, and he faces an alliance of the king of Israel and the king of Aram. Both are coming against him and seeking to basically kill him and install a new king in Judah. Don't feel too bad because Ahaz was not a good guy, to say the least, and he did not follow God. Here's the Bible's assessment of him as a king in 2 Kings 16, 1-4. Ahaz did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God like his ancestor David but walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He even sacrificed his son in the fire, imitating the detestable practices of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He sacrificed and burned incense on the high places, on the hills, and under every green tree. Well, Pekah, the king of Israel that was coming against him, was also an evil king. No real good guys here other than Isaiah. But for whatever reason, it seems like God gave Ahaz a chance for rescue from this coalition of kings that was set to attack Judah. He sends the prophet Isaiah to Ahaz with a word. Don't be afraid of these smoldering wicks that are coming to destroy you, says Isaiah, but trust in God to deliver you. In fact, God tells Ahaz to ask for a sign that the Lord will deliver him, but Ahaz flatly refuses to ask for a sign, saying that he won't put the Lord God to the test. Now, it sounds kind of pious coming out of Ahaz's mouth, but as we learn in 2 Kings 16, Ahaz had already made some sort of secret and expensive deal with the king of Assyria, bribing him with a lot of silver and gold. 2 Kings 7-9 through says, Ahaz sent messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria, saying, I am your servant and your son. March up and save me from the grasp of the king of Aram and of the king of Israel, who are rising against me. Ahaz also took the silver and gold found in the Lord's temple and in the treasuries of the king's palace and sent them to the king of Assyria as a bribe. So the king of Assyria listened to him and marched up to Damascus and captured it. Well, here's the thing. God's grace and rescue was free and permanent and powerful, but Ahaz decided he'd rather trust in chariots and horses and pagan kings rather than in the hand and power of God. Before you shake your head too much at Ahaz, though, maybe should we consider that we sometimes do the same thing too? Don't we sometimes choose to trust first other things rather than God? 
Well, let's read our passage and may it turn our hearts to trust God first and foremost. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. This took place during the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Aram's king Rezin, and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, went to fight against Jerusalem, but they were not able to conquer it. When it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son Shear Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, Calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering sticks, the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. For Aram, along with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has plotted harm against you. They say, let's go up against Judah, terrorize it, and conquer it for ourselves. Then we can install Tabil's son as king in it. But this is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. It will not occur. The chief city of Aram is Damascus. The chief of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The chief city of Ephraim is Samaria, and the chief of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your father's house such a time as has never been since Ephraim separated from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria." On that day, the Lord will whistle to flies as the farthest streams of the Nile and to bees in the land of Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the steep ravines in the clefts of the rocks in the, all the thorn bushes and in all the water holes. On that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the hair on your heads, the hair on your legs, and even your beards. On that day, a man will raise a young cow and two sheep, and from the abundant milk they give, he will eat curds. For every survivor in the land will eat curds and honey, and on that day, every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand pieces of silver will become thorns and briars. A man will go there with bow and arrows, because the whole land will be thorns and briars. You will not go to all the hills that were once tilled with the hoe for fear of the thorns and briars. Those hills will be places for oxen to graze and for sheep to trample. So in the midst of this situation with Isaiah the prophet challenging Ahaz, he gives him a powerful message from the Lord, and it is our verse of the day. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Sadly, King Ahaz ignores this wisdom, but we must not. Let's bring in Charles Spurgeon to help bring the text home to our hearts. Spurgeon says, those who refuse to exercise faith will miss many great privileges. I might mention many of those privileges, but the text gives us the one which I will dwell on. If you will not believe or stand firm in the faith, 
you will not be established. It means first that those who believe will not miss establishment in comfort. If you believe not in God, your heart will be moved like the trees of the wood by the winds. You will be tossed back and forth like the waves that dash on the rocks. You will be driven along like a rolling thing that is twisted about by the whirlwind. But if you believe in God and in the dear Son who reveals Him, then you will come to an anchorage and there will you will outride every storm. Fear will depart and your soul will be at rest. Oh, you do not know the profound calm that overspreads the Spirit when it is done with itself and just commits itself to God. You can never know this if you will not believe. We know some who are, at times, all times, bright of eye and cheerful with hope, and they look into the eternal world with great delight. They half wish that they could die at once and be where Jesus is, but after a very short time, their castle in the air melts away. They have no joy, no hope, no peace. No, if we will not believe, surely we will not be established. If you hope without believing, your hope is an anchor that has not gripped hold of anything. If you expect without a proper ground of expectation, or if the ground be not what God has said, then you may expect what you like, but as your expectation is not from Him, it will certainly be disappointed. Oh, that you would make the Word of God the top and bottom of everything in your life. Oh, that you would take it as the Alpha and Omega of your knowledge of things divine. Then would you be established, for there would be something to ground your hope upon, which even Satan could not destroy. And you guilty ones, look up, believing that he is greater in mercy than you are in sin, and more able to forgive than you are to transgress, and you shall find it so." But if you will not believe, you will not be established. Let us all go now, believing in Christ Jesus for his dear name's sake. Amen. Well, good words from Spurgeon, and we'll close today with our Bible verse for April, James chapter 4, verse 6. But he gives greater grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Good day to you, and Godspeed.